All right, everybody, welcome back to another week of Ghost in the Scene, certified ghost-friendly podcast, Audio Sage. I'm your host, Gio Chumpatazzi, and I am back with my co-host, Rob Thomas. Well, how's it going, Rob? How are you? <laughs> He's sleeping. Rob? Yeah. It's time for time, time to record, buddy. Gio, uh, so, sorry, I wait. Right here, Gio. I, I was just right next to you. Did you not see me? No. Wait. I I smell your cologne, Sauvage. What, you smell what, the Sauvage. I smell the Sauvage, but I mean, I obviously we don't live next to each other anymore. We. It's been many years, so how how were you so close to me? How could I smell your sauvage? Gio, I've been practicing, you know, with with, with some help, with some uh, with some training, with by by select crew of the of the street team on astral projection, and I Whoa. think I was able to for the first time get to your room, and, and Gio. You know, you got to make your bed. Oh shit! I didn't make my bed. I'm sorry. That's I didn't. Okay. I didn't know that I was going to have guests. I apologize to the listeners as well because you can probably hear my messy bed right now. Wow! So you're getting a lot better because I remember a time when you were trapped in the ghost dimension and you couldn't get out. I think those days are long gone you know way way behind us because it seems like you're traveling at the speed of i, I don't know what this what is the speed of an astral traveler usually light sound imagination you know the the, the love love yeah i am you know the science is still out on that one um it's difficult to have astral you know like test tubes that yes. can make it back to our physical plane. Yes. You know, it's hard to, to make that that jump. But, you know, if they can make a hard drive being able to be read from a Mac machine and a Windows, I, I have faith that we will, we will get that code to link the astral and physical worlds. We can probably ask, and but you know, we're too proud to ask. We could ask the Pixar anime, Animation Studios because of their movie Soul, where they ripped off a lot of our earlier work. But of course, they have multi-billion dollar financiers behind them. So they were able to do some really interesting work. And in fact, this is something that uh, has precedent. A recent uh, murder case was solved by using the frozen snow software. So basically what happened was they they have a, a mathematical algorithm that they created, they developed for frozen in order to make the impressions when you're walking through snow. Now, this is new technology. So they were able to use that technology in a real life cold case and they were able to recreate the snow footprints and then were able to match it to a person and the cold case ignited. Now, well, what I'm saying is that they just did years worth of 
information gathering, including us, they gathered us, but not only us, other people, professionals, and they probably did the exact same thing for the algorithm to make the test tubes and also to make tons of things. Because if you watch the movie, you saw they were going in and out of the astral plane. There were, you know, people that were forcefully leaving their bodies with their souls and then also either by suicide or just as a as a part of a daily escape from their job so this is all stuff they looked at and this is all stuff they figured out as a science which is something that is the gold standard in a lot of ways so of course we're too proud to ask we'll find them ourselves but just know that that technology is out there it's available and if you work for Disney, I'm sure it's part of your healthcare. So get into astral healing. You know, because soul is just the, the beginning of, of what they're doing. All the PhD people that worked on that film, they're now locked in in some tank somewhere, you know, because they know too much. And we know just enough to fly under the radar, except sometimes. And this is something that I, I, I've been meaning to say. I feel like we've been hexed. Not us specifically as a civilization, but us specifically as an organization. You and I, Rob. Yeah, and I heard that you just got a message as soon as you said that. Yes, and it was from spam, spam callers. Now, this is what I'm talking about. I, I don't know if if you've had more people calling your cell phone robocalls. Now, this is something that's happening across the world, not just to us, but I think it's happening to us as well. So we, we, you know, we have personal stake in this. These robocalls that we're getting, there's something to it, okay? When you put your ear to a phone, that is an entrance into your brain and an open speaker. Now, electrical circuitry is wired in a way where things can move through the air. And electric circuitry, the speaker in your phone, all it does is replicate these frequencies. And that outputs certain waves, you know, and that makes changes in the air that make sound. Spells can be said in ways that can be not heard, almost to a point of a whisper. So these robocalls, although you're hearing English, although you're hearing a robot, they might be undertones of Latin. There could be secret cyberware that they're hacking into your phone and then playing haunting music in your sleep. I mean, there are things that could happen. And this is what I'm saying is happening to us, Rob. I think we've been hexed. I don't know when it happened. I don't know what we did. I know that we deal with a lot of very dangerous people, Elon Musk being one of them. He's, he's now become the richest man in the world. And it's all based off of stealing you know, our energy and stealing I, our ideas. You know? Yeah. You know, we the were electric car. I mean, come on. The electric car for years. So – he just became the richest man in the world. I think he's finally checking off some of the people on his hit list. And we have a battle to, to fight. Not in not a, against him, but 
for freedom and for truth and liberty. Only in the sense that we're trying to fight for our existence to exist among these billionaires. These people, they want to kick us out of the public forum because we tell, you know, we tell it like it is. Ghosts are real. Elon Musk has a lot of ghost friends that he doesn't tell people about. And that's a fact. And if he doesn't want to tell people, it's because he's hiding something. What kind of ghost friends do you think he has? Probably some unsavory ones. Genghis Khan. Maybe uh, you know, one of the one of the guys who made the atomic bomb. Not Einstein. One of the bad guys. Who knows? So don't answer your phone when you get robocalls because you for all you know, you could be talking to the ghost of, of Einstein. But they're hacking you. So it's not a good phone call. Okay, if you got a normal phone call from Einstein, from the ghost of Einstein, answer it. 100% answer it. That's, that's con confirmation that, that a ghost is contacting you. But if it's from a robocall, then the ghost of Einstein might be, you know, he might be actively trying to steal your information and your, you know, your credit card information. So don't give that to him. I think we have to be, you know, apologetic for ourselves because we've we're in a tinder situation because we don't know who's been hacking into our brains you know and you know anyone that that calls us like that seems like a threat and that's what really is to me the most insidious part about this it's making us second guess ourselves geo it's making us second guess which ghosts we can trust you know at this point is Casper really the friendly ghost? You know, I, why yeah. is he making me want to sleep on this bed and go to sleep and not and not work anymore? It's interesting because, you know, I used to have lunch with Casper and he stopped answering in, a, in the group text recently. So is he friendly or is he you know, aloof? Is he Casper the aloof ghost? People think that ghost personalities don't change. That's fake. That's fake news. Ghosts are dynamic beings. They can be won over. Of course, you know, they're like all of us. They hold grudges and, and whatnot. But in reality, a ghost is, is going to change their mind if, if you provide them with enough evidence. So the opposite could happen too. Casper could go from being friendly to being unfriendly, to being cold and distant. And I think we're, you know, since we're in the new era of Aquarius, some things are different. A lot of energies have, you know, shifted their balance. And we could be looking at some, some people that we thought were friendly, like Einstein and Casper, as possibly being a little more of an antagonist. Maybe not an enemy, but just somebody who's going to challenge us and, and, and you know, kind of get us in, in a fighting mood. Yeah, and I don't think this changes our, our stance that – of a, of a ghost friendly podcast it's just we have to be more aware of who our friends and foes are now because yes. we are ghost friendly but that doesn't mean that all the ghosts are going to be friendly towards us we're not ghost foolish that's that's the distinction right there we're ghost friendly we're not ghost foolish we're not just going to get possessed 
okay? And that's something that I wanted to talk about too. There was somebody on TikTok that went and tried to get possessed. Now, this is one of the things, a, a classic debunker, okay? He said, I don't believe in this, this BS. This is all hoo-ha baloney to me. Well, his whole plan was that he was going to try everything in his physical capability to get possessed. And if he did not get possessed, then it wasn't real, right? It was his, his way of debunking possession. So he goes to a, a cemetery. He doesn't bring holy oil. He doesn't bring incense. He doesn't bring the Necronomicon. He doesn't bring any kind of ancient text, no codex, no seeing stones, no rods, no divining rods. And of course, no possession, right? Of course, as mathematicians, you look at that, that's simple math. He's, he's working in the negative when he doesn't bring all that stuff. So it didn't work out. It was a big controversy. Actually, Lois, resident ghost in the scene, scenester, she's on the street team. Lois called out this person and actually is now, you know, of course, she's a leading Satanist. So she, of course, knows about possession. Lois took this man to task. And I was so proud to see that Lois really was trying to get him possessed. She said, you know, here are the books, here, you know, go read these and you'll get possessed. Of course, he ignored her. But this is the thing. We have fakesters out here getting fake possessed. We're out here getting real, not real possessed yet, but we're getting hexed. And hexed is basically like being internet doxxed, but for your soul. Being astral travelers, it's like walking around with the, with the red letter, the scarlet letter. So what I'm saying is it, it's a scary time to be a ghost in the scene person. Exactly. And it's not just phones. You know, the thing about being hexed, especially by these robocalls, once they get into you, you know, that's not the end terminal. You become corrupted in a way and you become one of their nodes. Mm. And I'm, and I'm going to play this, this message that, that was received on my phone, proving our hex and proving that someone not only hexed me, but use that hex to try to hex someone else. Wow. And I, I received this voicemail a little bit ago, but you know, I was, I was worried about releasing it because I didn't know if you were already, and I didn't want to, you know, promote this hex any further, but I think it's important that we hear the truth. Um, this gentleman says his name, uh, Gio, I think we'll, we'll try to bleep it, uh, at least the last name. Okay, so perfect. For, for privacy, because we don't want to go in this hex. And, and so I'm going to play this now and let me know if you can, if you can hear this. This is Randolph. Why you called me and go boop? But it's offensive, and I hung up. So thankfully, thankfully, uh, you know, Randolph, wow, redacted last name, um, was was smart and hung up. But it did not end there. Believe what? it or not. Believe it or not. A week later, a week later to the day, I get this follow up. 
Oh, and Randall. I wish I was making this up. Oh my God. Hey James, this is Randolph. Called me at three fifty-seven. What the hell is wrong with you? Don't you understand English? Why can't you answer simple questions? You call, the phone goes blip before you come on. What the hell is that? A fart? A burp? What the hell is going on with you people? The call and you always get these stupid, strange sounds. And then when you try to have a legitimate conversation with you and ask you what the hell time it is, you can't even answer the simple question. What a stupid ass you are. Don't call me back. I don't want to hear from you fucking assholes. Oh, my God. All right. Now, for all you listeners out there, you might need to throw your phones into some holy water. Just give them a good dunk. You don't even know if you've been possessed. That That is so scary, Rob. Think about it. If you really think about it, what just happened, you got a call, a robocall. It got Manchurian candidate implanted in your brain. You go to sleep, right? You're having your nice dreams the spirit of whatever is in your brain wakes you up and makes this other call to this guy, Randolph. And you're farting at him and you're booping at him. Probably, honestly, you're probably speaking in tongues is my guess. You're trying to possess him. And lucky for us, Randolph is a stand-up, probably listens to the podcast in the scene. He knows exactly what to do. And he gave it back to you 100%. And that's exactly what I would have done. I probably would have even had more expletives and, you know, given back with the spell. But he was a gentleman. And my God, I mean, that's a wake-up call, Rob. That's a wake-up call right there. Your, your service provider, whoever you have, you know, Spectrum. I'd, I'd be careful with Spectrum because Dang. there's some ghosts on that Spectrum. Right. You know, I didn't, I didn't really think of it that way, but you're completely right. Um, Spectral, spectrum. Uh, I mean, it's so close that I think it's exactly the same. I think it's one and the same. Wow. And this is not something that can be debunked. That's on the voicemail. That is recorded for perpetuity. And actually, now it's on podcast. That's, this is going straight to the Library of Congress. So this is going to Congress. Wow, proof. And that's something that can be debunked. And that's something that our main, you know, our main topic, actually the ghost guest that we're trying to book. We've been trying to book for a while. But uh, you know, he's he's a busy guy. He was a classic debunker. And we're talking about the original ghost in the scene creator, right? I mean, this, you know, basically the, the reason why we are the way we are is because of Harry Houdini. I, I was thinking about changing my my middle name to Houdini, but I don't know if I want to <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, you know? I mean, you would be following in his tradition. You know, his name, his, his birth name is Eric Weiss. Really? So his yeah. name is not Harry Houdini? Not at all. Harry Houdini is a persona created by Eric Weiss. Ew, E.W., Eric Weiss. 
and huh, Harry Houdini. I mean, if you think about it, just in terms of invocations, when you if you're a spellcaster like we are, when you say ew, that has the connotation of sour, acid, bitterness. Huh, that's heat. That's flavor. That's spice. That double H. So I think that's what he was going for. Eric Weiss is ew, you know, Harry Houdini. That's some heat. And he brought heat to the world. In terms of magic and escape artistry, there's no one better. And when we say magic, we also include wizardry. So we're including Harry Potter, Gandalf. Because Gandalf never put on a straitjacket in any of the movies. And I checked. He was wearing cloaks. He's wearing open-toed sandals. No, no straitjacket, no dunks in water, no locks, no chains. I mean, as far as – and then don't even get me started on Harry Potter. I think his uncle wears a straitjacket, but he dies. So inconclusive on that one, but Harry Potter doesn't even come close. No, and the fact that he, he tries to use the same name. He says, oh, Harry Houdini, well, I'm Harry Potter, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the most famous Harry ma magician. Poser. Uh, insulting, really. So Harry Houdini, of course, this is a man that is out of our time. He does not exist anymore. Sadly, he passed away. But he is a man that, that had a legacy of not only being a professional escape artist, not only being an essential magician, he was a movie maker. He also was into the spiritualism movement, but not so in the way that we are. He, I think, in the way that we are, was a true believer. And this is during a time actually very similar to our time. And I think this is where we should really drop the main bomb. Rob, we've listened, you guys have listened long enough, X's and Y's, of course, everybody included. We love all, we love all. We're not only talking just about Harry Houdini. You know that it's never just about our main topic because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's always about us, baby. It's about Rob and I and how we're involved in all of this because, you know, this is our podcast. And so you're going to hear it from our perspective. We can't speak as a, as a plurality. We can speak as, as Giovanni and we can speak as Rob. And what we're seeing is that the life and times of Harry Houdini are repeating themselves in us. That somehow... His ambition, his love for magic, his love for the spirituality has been imbued into us. And included in that is the trial of the spirituality because we must put it on trial. There is not a, not a moment in our lives where people aren't trying to deceive us. There are liars out there, people that have spent their entire livelihood making ways to make you think their way, make you think that they're walking the right path. And I think we have really given a voice 
to the opposite of that, the a voice to the truth in, in these years that we've been giving you this podcast. But Harry Houdini was doing that a hundred years ago. Harry Houdini had a history of believing in the spirituality of it all, but seeing the phonies and taking them down just like we're doing. So, I mean, being that, you know, that we have a, a spiritual grandfather in a lot of ways, a forefather, what do you think can be drawn parallels between Houdini and us? Let, let's just start with Houdini and you. What, what do you think? Do you think you have, you know, similar eyebrows, noses, chins? Well, you know, other than uh, the fact that I sleep at night in a casket submerged underwater. Um, you know, I I really enjoy taking photos of myself shirtless, like like Harry Houdini does. Just and I wear chains, not like gold chains, but like padlock, yeah, chains. Um, Me too. You know, I think that's a great it's a great fashion statement. And I don't yeah. think th that's something that people always overlook. They think it was just all for show. But really, he was a trailblazing fashion icon. He did it for himself. At the end of the day, mm. fashion is about how you feel about yourself. And a lot of the ways that he made himself look, although it was on stage, it's like Lady Gaga. You know, she wore that meat dress, not just for the paparazzi. And not just, you know, for the shock value. She did it because it felt good to sit down in, to hear that squish. And, you know, the seats at the Oscars and at the Grammys, they are notoriously stiff. And so to have that extra layer of meat, you know, as a, as a, as a cushion was useful. And so a lot of times, not only is fashion... Uh, a part of you know the show but it's also an expression of yourself and so you know you express yourself being shirtless i think you look great just like houdini did and also I, i'll just say you're as equally gifted magically as houdini was i mean maybe you know we all have you know time to learn and time to improve but i mean um you're you know you're up there you're about a, a merlin Wow. I mean, that means a lot, Gio. And, you know, I, I, I try to be humble about the, the, the prowess. And of course, I'm always looking to improve myself. So to, to see that my powers are reaching the same levels, same echelon of arguably the greatest there ever was. I mean, there's no higher compliment. And, you know, same to you, Gio. Wow. Like you just told me what my card was without even having to say anything out loud. It's true. It's true. That's impressive. I didn't even know I chose a card, but I know that you chose the my card. I chose it, yeah. But you chose it, and you told me uh, subconsciously. That's the way that, that magic works. And when you've been working, just you and I together this whole time, you really do have that strange astral tie, that connection that we have. And I think that's what connects us to Houdini. Now, Houdini, uh, Eli Weiss, right? Or whatever. Eric Weiss. Eric yes. Weiss. He died in very mysterious circumstances. Punched to death. 
right? I think that's the diagnosis that the doctor gave him. This guy, this man died being punched to death. By a person he didn't even know, who was not really a fan so much, like he wasn't really obsessed with them in any way. He was kind of, and then afterwards became a drifter and there was not really much known about this person. He just visited Houdini backstage and started asking all these questions and almost seemingly possessed, wow. unprovoked, started punching Houdini multiple times in the stomach. I mean, it, it, this was a trick of Houdini's that he could, he claimed he could withstand any punch. Uh, but, you know, this man asked if he can do it. And as Houdini is casually saying, oh, sure, let's do it. He just starts wailing on him. Possessed. Possessed. I mean, and this is the time, too. Houdini was traveling, doing a bunch of shows. He put his life on the line. You know, he at the time, he recently suffered, like, a broken ankle. Like, um, what's his name? Like uh, Tiger Woods. Just like Tiger Woods. I'm telling you, history is repeating itself. When you think that the past is past, you have to imagine that you're you're looking, you know, at a a slinky. You know, at some point, the slinky always finds its way to the top of the stairs when you throw it down the bottom. I've never figured out how. I've never. I mean, honestly, every time you you, you tip over a slinky and it goes down a flight of stairs, immediately as soon as it hits the bottom stairs, it's back at the top. Now you could you could call that science. I I wouldn't say that's science. I would say that's something more than science. You're looking at a circle. You're looking at the past into the future. You know, Back to the Future was a movie, but it's also a state of mind. It's a state of mind of looking at its perception of reality. And the way that Marty McFly, think about that, M-M-H-H, right? These are all mm, the OM. So Marty McFly was supposed to be the Buddha at peace in Nirvana. And his perception of reality going back to the future is all about seeing how the past is happening in the future. And that we must go back into the past in order to be aware of the surroundings and then take that information into the future. So what can we learn, right? I mean, that's kind of what Marty McFly did, right? I mean, he had to go back to sleep with his mom to make himself or something like that. So we're not going to do that because we have uh, an entirely different scenario. We're not dealing I mean, I, with – I love my mom, but not Not, not that like way. That. No way. And also, you know, my dad and my mom met not, not at a time when Harry Houdini was, was still alive. And so that's the difference is that we, we don't have that, that time loop that we're dealing with. We're dealing with 100 years before any of this. So we might have to worry about maybe our great great grandmas or something, but even then, I mean, the the chances of them and meeting Harry Houdini and being related in a way where we have to sleep with them to get to him, I just don't think is going to happen. I, I can't say the chances are zero. I'm I'm not going to say that. And you know, in, in order to find the ultimate truth, my great 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 grandmother, you know, I'll, I'll kiss her in the cheek. I'll kiss her on the I'll kiss her on the forehead. Tell her I love her and that I'm, I'm just – I'm different. 
you know, and I'll, I'll give her the wink that I'm, I'm not going to do it. So we don't have to deal with that. No, no incest for us. Thank God. We have to deal with the sad reality that he was murdered by a possessed man. And we just told you how we're hexed. So what is that? I mean, I'm trying to connect the dots here. And it's looking grim because the dots look like they're ending up being a hangman and that our hex is going to lead to a possessed man. And for you, it could be Randolph, right? It's true. He, he, he was very angry with me. I'd be very careful. I'd be very, very careful around anybody named Randolph because – you could easily be murdered by this man. He could he could get possessed. One day, you might call him in the middle of the night and and fart in, in in his ear, and that might do it. That might set him off, and he'll come and find you. So, at least you you might even know the possessed man. I don't even. I, I have no idea. It could be my next door neighbor. It could be my dog. It could be Nico. Literally, my dog. That would that would kill me. I mean, he would kill Literally, me. Uh, he yeah, would kill that's me. The problem, <laughs> but that would also break my heart to see my possessed dog farting in my face or something. Up to Nico, and actually, I think he farted on me earlier today. Geo, I don't want to say anything about that, but that's not good. That's not good. It's not a good sign. If it happens again, I'll know that he's possessed. But these, this is uh, this is what I'm really worried about is that I'm honestly starting to see in this shade of paranoia that I haven't seen before. You know, we've dealt with Oprah and her bees. We've dealt with Ellen and her hazing. We've dealt with Matt Lauer and his, his locked door. And we've, we've, you know, we've broken out of all of that. We've beaten down Johnny Depp in Disneyland. We've, sh you know, we've had showdowns with spectral giants, with the devil and God himself. We've advocated for Freddie Mercury to the Supreme Court of the United States. But I've never been this paranoid because that Harry Houdini you know, synchronicity, that cycle is just going to happen again. And so the question is, what can we do that's going to change our fate? I think there's only one thing, Joe. I think we have to listen and take note from the man himself. Because even though his body, his earthly body is gone with us, from us, you know, I believe his spirit lives on. And there are ways that we could communicate with each other. And we don't have to have history repeat itself. You know, I don't believe anything is preordained. There are cycles for sure. But... Yes. Nothing is, is for certain, in a certain way. You know, maybe I should start wearing a fat suit around. So when Randolph is punching me, he's just like punching the pillow. Yes. On my stomach. Like, that could really help. That's a very smart idea. I, I mean, eat rocks, you know, that, that helps toughen it up. Maybe get a corset. I think corsets are in now. And I think I've seen some metal line corsets. So in fact, if, if you don't want to get a full body, you know, body suit, a body vest, you just get a really, really 
voluptuous looking corset for yourself and give you that hourglass shape that you've been looking for. That's true. And it all comes back to fashion, right? Like we were saying. The expression of a self. And honestly, I think that's the thing that ma most magicians, when they really start actually becoming more magicians, start to express themselves more fashionably. I mean, think about it. Prince, obviously a wizard. Obviously. Merlin. Look at Merlin. He was wearing robes. Why do you think Harry Potter was not so uh, so good, actually, as a wizard? He's wearing jeans. He's wearing cardigans. You got you got to express yourself. That means you know assless chaps. That means purple suits. That means you know uh, parasails. Par you know what do you call it? Uh, little umbrellas that you you walk around in. That means high you know steel toed boots. That means all kinds, you know, the glass slippers. Buy high boots. Go for it. And get a corset and then get, you know, some lipstick and express yourself because that's when you really start to exude this extra, set, you know, kind of like it's, it's a pheromone, but it's also a, the, a, a spiritual pheromone. It's a sensory pheromone. And it's almost like we, we're jellyfish. And whenever you truly are in your bag, when you are expressing yourself, when you are slaying, your tentacles are just reaching out into the universe. And it's attaching to all kinds of things. And until we go there, until you're able to let go of your, you know, your inhibitions and feel the rain on your skin, no one else can feel it for you. And you have to do it yourself. So... Yeah, fashion is actually second most important thing to spirituality other than probably listening to this podcast. Probably it's the number one and then, you know, getting a good good look, outfit of the day. Take some photos. Shirtless first. Make sure you, you got your frame, know what you're working with, know how to drape clothes around you. And I think we could do a whole fashion podcast. And we have so many opinions about this stuff, Rob. But uh, let's get back to Houdini. Let's get back to Houdini. So as I was told, Houdini was trying to debunk somebody weeks before he was murdered. And in fact, that case was left unsolved, open-ended. And he was mysteriously... You know, he took a leave of absence. He, he kind of called it quits on that case and then died before he could ever return to it. So here's one thing I, I'd like to start with. One, we have cases that we work on pretty often. And I would say a lot of them are not finished. I'd say the majority of them are unfinished. They're ongoing cases. A lot of threads that we're pulling at the same time. A few of them, we've, we've closed the, the book. And, and you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that with a lot of them, we got the bad guy. We got him out. You, know, you can thank Kevin Spacey getting kicked out. You know, we, we did a lot of work on that guy, so you can thank us for that. But you know, House of Cards, we took him down like a House of Cards. But all of these people that we've we've dealt with before with Harry Houdini 
he was unable to to finish and then the culprit possibly the thing he was working with whatever it was was too powerful and it i don't want to say it killed him but that man killed him that man was possessed we can maybe make a jump to say that maybe whatever it was he was investigating possessed that man to stop him from either finishing the investigation or to you know to kill him for not going through with the final part of the investigation i mean these are big claims too Gio. like you know we we can really take them to a spiritual court yes over this because unlike the earthly court there are no statute of limitations but you know when you really dig into this case as well um you know, they consulted with this ghost. We, we actually, if you know, for all of you dedicated listeners, uh, if you recall the episode, Chaz of the Dead, if not, go back into those archives and listen to that conversation. We touch upon this very briefly. Shout out, Chaz. Uh, shout out to Chaz. I mean, again, like this is how Houdini is working through us. Chaz brings up this topic unprovoked. You mm-hmm. know, talking about this case of, of Marjorie, um aka um the the witch of lime street in boston you should we communicate with her brother and this is the case that he was investigating and they thought he debunked it at one point and then he comes back and he says he was going to you know prove everything that marjorie was doing you know, he could replicate it, but he never showed up for that. And, and this is what we're talking about right now. So did Houdini get cold feet? I mean, it seems like he, he may have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they then they consulted with this with the ghost afterwards, like, what's going on? Did, did something happen? He doesn't give a complete direct answer, but it doesn't necessarily seem like he did it himself. But I think what you're saying is important, Gio. When you're putting this energy out there, like, I'm going to solve this case. I'm going to debunk this ghost. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see it to the very end, you're putting up some pretty negative energy out there. Exactly. For something I, to come back to you. Psychic vampires are afoot. And, and this is the problem. He made movies in Hollywood in the, the time of the silent film. Now, little known fact... The reason why they were silent films was because they could not have microphones on set due to the fact that they were working with spirits so early on in, in the filmmaking process that you could hear demonic screams on set deafening the microphones. You couldn't even have the people speak, and it wasn't until they had a Geneva-like accordance and they actually had a treaty with us and, and the spiritual realm in Hollywood. And they were able to turn them around, and now they made talkies with the help of the Ghost Union. And Gosha was started at that time. So if you look back at history, this is a time when Harry Houdini was working in, in a very demonic Hollywood. So – what we're saying is that all of this kind of adds to the fact that he made a lot of enemies, not only in the living realm, but also the spiritual realm. 
And when you don't do what you say you're going to do, when you don't live with your word, ghosts and demons, they will call you at your word. And if you're not there to step up for it, you could get a call from a possessed man that'll punch you to death. That's what I fear is happening to us. I don't want it to happen to us. So, you know, that means that we have to work on overtime to get all these cases solved, you know? I mean, and I, I don't know if the the moral is that don't, you know, unsolved cases might bite you. I mean, they can, but do you, I don't think there's no turning back from us. You know, we're getting possessed and it's scary. And there might be some cases that we haven't come across yet that will make us spooked. You know, we think we're acclimated to the ghost world. I still feel like there are some cases out there that are so scary that even us, even we'll get spooked by them. And we might get possessed in a way that we're like, I don't want to do this anymore. But, you know, it's a train that you can't get off. It's true. And, you know, there's a reason why Dante made nine levels of hell, nine layers. And we could only be on the second or third layer, honestly. Who knows? And this roller coaster is going to go until it's over. You, you, you know, we sat down. They strapped us in. We're locked in until the ride is, is back to its start. And the cycle is not over. You know, we took the ride with Harry Houdini. Hopefully we can learn something from him, but honestly, it's up to us to do the work. It's up to us to, to be there and be present and accept the reality that's going to happen because I think a lot of times choice is, is a privilege, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, you look back and you think, oh, those are the choices that I had that I didn't see in the moment. And so I think to have that sight, I think we're going to have to look back and really see and, and diagnose exactly what happened. That could be that we have to go back in time. That could be we, we could astrally travel there. But, I mean, like you said, we're entering a realm that is much more dangerous for us because I think we're playing in a much bigger pond now. We were, you know, the big fish in a small pond. Somebody's snap snatched us out of that pond and they put us in the ocean. And there's, you know, there's some big killer whales out there. Free Willy was once a nice killer whale, just like Casper, just like Einstein. I think this new Aquarius season, I think that's changed. Free Willy is now, you know, Fire Willy or. Fierce um, Willie. Yeah, freaking, freaking Willie. Or, yeah, f- uh, uh, Fatal Willie. Something like that. Fart Willie. Just like that guy. Honestly, whatever that guy heard, whatever Randolph heard, if, if, if we could only get that sound, we'd be able to maybe reverse it and see what you actually said. And we could, you know, that's... If we could go back in time, I would record that before I do anything. So Harry Houdini, Ghost in the Scene, we're basically one and the same. We have a lot of learning to do from him. There's movies that he did that we, we're going to get into. I, th- I think we're probably running out of time to get into any of his movies. But, man, let me tell you something. This is the beginning of an investigation, and I know that we just told you that we have to start – 
you know, working on, on, on closing some of these, but we just have to keep on opening them when we see them. You know, it's not like the truth is can be ignored just because we have a lot of stuff on our plate. Sorry, that's not going to happen. So, yeah, we're opening up more investigations into his movies, into his life, because that's going to help us with the rest of the investigations. You know, it's it's like when, when you work in a video game and you're doing a side quest and it gives you the tool that you needed for the main quest. You didn't realize it when you were doing the quest that is related, but at the end of the day, you're working towards the same thing. You're completing the game. You're doing everything you can, and that's what we're doing here at Ghost in the Scene. I know that you know people here want to see us progress and become you know, the world's best paranormal team there is. And I think we're, we're fulfilling that destiny. But, you know, like Rob said, it's going to get scary. And it's going to get scary for you too, listener. Because the, the stuff that we're going to be going through, the transformations, I mean, you're lucky that, you know, the buffer that we've given you of, of all these years of paranormal inoculation, if you were a new person listening, I, I'd be afraid of of getting cauliflower ear, getting giant, you know, welts on your ear because this the, the kind of stuff we're going to be saying could burn your ears off. So be careful. Maybe get some some bengay for your ears. Get some wraps just in case, and uh, stay in the scene, everybody. Keep your eyes on the screen and stay extreme, you know, because this is getting extreme and. You know, Geo, you know, I couldn't do this without the power uh, of you. I couldn't do this without the power of our listeners, all of you out there, X's and Y's. Uh, We feel your psychic energy that it gives us not just the motivation, but the capability to continue these investigations and to become in contact with even more powerful spirits, you know, there's the fact that we know that we're heading into some really dangerous territories is also because we have also been in contact with some really powerful allies Mm. like Harry Houdini. Uh, And, you know, with his support, we are hoping to, to break on through to that other side because, you know, there is also a prophecy out there that said that, Houdini was going to usher in the era of complete acceptance of the spiritual and paranormal. But he died before that was fulfilled. But his spirit lives on. So we believe that that prophecy can still come true. And all of us, not just Gio and I, but you out there as well, listener, are a part of that prophecy. Yes. Please stay in the scene for all of that. Absolutely. We love you. Take care.